Journalist, an online podcast for and by people of color. We're Kat and Sarah. Today we're speaking with Vaccine, an artist blazing his path in the world of visual art and music. In developing an artistic style that fuses elements of photorealism, cubism, beauty and fashion together to form captivating portraits, Vaccine describes his thoughts on the perfection demanded by societal norms and seeks to use his art as a medium to call into question the underlying problems associated with the ideal figure and face mainstream media feeds to young women. His work has been featured by Adidas, Vans, BuzzFeed, Complex, Playboy, and more. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Hello. Hi, is this Vaccine? This is Vaccine. Hi, good afternoon. How's it going? Good, what about you? Oh, man, I'm good. I can't complain. Can't complain at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first off, we would like to ask you, what are your preferred pronouns? Um, he. Perfect. And do you mind if we record this interview? Uh, that's absolutely fine. Okay. What does the name vaccine mean and how does it describe you? Uh, no problem. If at any point, like, my, my signal is a little bit something in my building, so if at any point you can't hear me or freaking out, please cut me off immediately. No problem. How does it describe you? Um, vaccine, in the simplest state, represents being the cure. Like that's become my my company uh, statement, if you will, be the cure. And it just it, it represents how I move in life. You know, we can complain about the things that we don't like in life. We can be the change that we want to see. I started in music, and that's where I spent the majority of my, my life. 
uh, pursuing, and I've always been an artist way before music, but I never, I never took it uh, seriously career-wise. And um, when I moved to LA, I ended up getting into uh, when my time ended up freeing up because I was working for myself, and I started, I started creating more. I started creating a lot more artwork, and. Uh, everything that I, because I work on the business side of music for the past 13 years, everything I know about breaking artists and breaking talent is that it's so important to have something unique and distinct. And I've grown to really champion that in my career. So I have understanding that that was absolutely important for me as a visual artist. And, um, I was, you know, I, I started, I moved to L.A. in 20, 2011, literally January 2012 is when I decided to take art seriously and start pursuing it, and Vanity Pop was birthed 2013, maybe maybe end of 2012, 2000, early 2013, that's when the very first piece, Ignorant Butterflies, was created, and it was created just out of an organic moment. Uh, most of my artwork was feminine, and um, you know, so I naturally just gravitate towards that subject matter. And um, but the things that I was creating prior to that piece, they were they were beautiful aesthetically, but they were easy. They were simple for me as a creator, and I love to be challenged. I'm an intellectual on top of being an, an artist, so it's just very important that, um, you know, that I have something to, that, that I have an outlet to, to share my message, to share my thought process, maybe not 100%, but at least partially. So, you know, when, when Ignorant Butterflies was birthed, I, you know, I fell in love with the piece myself. But then as I started to show that piece in different galleries and different art shows, people really, really loved what that piece, uh, you know, the juxtaposition, they loved what it stood for, they loved everything about it, and um, I felt like the title, the title alone says so much about it, and that literally kind of birthed humanity, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I work in the, on the business side of the entertainment industry, so I'm at least connected enough to pay attention when something works. Like, oh, okay, well, let me let me see how this can develop. So it started as something organic, then it was like, okay, let me do a piece in this lane, and I did that, and um, I think it, I think I titled that "Ignorant Butterflies" too, and then I just slowly started putting all of my focus on work in that lane where it looked like it was collage but everything was fully painted and the earlier pieces were I, I was using multiple mediums as far as multiple paint mediums so like ignorant butterflies is uh, oil and acrylic and at that time I was using at least two different paint mediums and, um, most of my paintings and then it slowly uh, as it developed it just I, I ended up sticking with, with just acrylic and got away from oil and, um, you know, it's just been about, it's, you know, for it, from there as the style grew, it's the same way I am as a person. 
as I grow myself. Like I'm just, I'm very driven. I'm very much into uh, self-help, self-enhancement type of books and just improving myself. Like I'm, I'm driven towards greatness. That's embedded in my DNA. So it shines through my work. I mean, you have these crispy, sharp edges and angles, and that that speaks to how I'm a perfectionist. Um, and even the fact that, like, all of my pieces, I consider all of my pieces one-offs. Like, they're cohesive to the Vanity Pop style, but for me, it's very important that that no piece reminds you of another Vanity Pop piece that I did. Um, and, you know, so it's it, it keeps me challenged as a creator, even though the style is cohesive. It's like I'm painting multiple paintings within one, uh, within one painting itself. So it really keeps me engaged. There's no room to be bored because there's so many different possibilities with what I can do, um, you know, within my style. And, and, you know, if you view my work from 2012 to 2018, you can definitely see the progression. My detail got tighter. The compositions got stronger. Uh, when I started, I was working mainly on rectangles, and now I... 99.9% of the time work solely on square canvases or square wood panels. Um, you know, so it's definitely develops beautifully, if you ask me. And I'm, what I'm really excited about is, you know, just to share how, uh, how much more extensive it's going to get. You know, for me, creatively, when I'm working on concepts, I'm, you know, I'm typically working on concepts, like let's say I create a concept today, you probably won't see that actual painting for, you know, the minimum a year, maybe two, maybe three. And it's just because of how uh, connected I am with my process. And really, I just understand that there's so much room for growth as far as how my audience perceives my work. And I understand that I, I I have to control what I'm feeding you, you know, if you will. Um, so yeah, I know I, you know, probably answered more than you wanted, but um, yeah, that's that's my answer. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Um, earlier you mentioned how when you first came up with Vanity Pop, you were looking to branch out, and it came very organically. And Vanity Pop really is so distinct and vibrant. How, and it's like such a fusion of photo, photojournalism and surrealism, like you've said previously. Um, do you mind elaborating on what exactly stimulated you to branch out into this specific style and area rather than a different type of art? Um, you know, I think it was important to, to, like I said, to have my own voice, but it, it, you know, it still had to be contemporary, but it still had to be unique with its own flavor. And, you know, for me... Every, everything I do in art, I kind of attribute to what I know and understand about music. And, you know, when I think about music, now there's it's kind of rare that you have a true, pure genre, which, you know, it's kind of like people in essence, like where, you know, everything is, is mixed, everything has been influenced by something else. So, um, you know, like that's what you're seeing in my work. It's not just one set style, and I think... You know, I think that that would for me as a creator, as a, for who I am, um, and that's important to be in love with your with your craft, a hundred percent of your career. You know, like that's very important. Like that's when you know, if you're, if you're not in love with it, 
why are you doing it? So, um, you know, so it, it, it was just something organic that I gravitated towards. And I, I do, I create for myself. So that's, you know, kind of first and foremost, I create for myself in, 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 in a form of, you know, I need to love what I'm doing. And I'm not doing it trying to appease this audience or that audience. I'm just trying to create, I'm just working to create something that I feel is hot, something I feel is amazing. Um, you know, so that just kind of naturally happened. There were different, earlier in the process when my details weren't as tight, there were, there were more aspects to it. Like there was an illustration aspect. I look at some of my older pieces. Uh, you know, it was a little bit more across the board, where whereas now over the years I've fine to it more. Like there's definitely much more focus on the photorealism, uh, the fashion design aspects, and obviously the cubism aspect. So, uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's just you know, like I said, a, a completely organic process, and unfortunately it's hard because it was so organic that when it, the way it started, it's hard to say. Like I didn't. I didn't go in saying, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to make a painting that looks like a collage." That was never on my mind. And even to this day, when I create, you know, it, things just sort of happen. Like I, I I give so much of the credit for what I do to God. Just being honest, because most of the time I step away from the piece and I'm just like, "How? Wait, what? You did this? How, how did you do this?" And a lot of the times I can't explain it. You know, it's just we're, we're given talents, we're given gifts, and I believe once you understand that, you can, uh, just like intuition, you can, you can hone in, you can practice it, and allow yourself to become more connected with these gifts and talents that you can manifest them into something so much bigger than you ever saw. So, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. And speaking in that same vein, why did you decide to adopt this technique of painting in the collage style rather than directly collaging onto the canvas? And how does it add dimensionality to your pieces? Um, I'm, I'm a hands-on person, even as a producer, where everything got into the digital. I understand we live in a digital age, but I'm, I'm old school in a sense. Like I, I love the intimacy of being able to hold a brush and hold a canvas in my lab and just create something from scratch with my hands. And um, I just, I felt like, it, I don't feel like my, you know, my work as collage would be as strong, if you, not as, not as strong, but as appreciated. You know, collage is a funny genre. Collage, and I see it because there, you know, as much as people love and appreciate my work, I also see the people that dismiss it initially. And I, you know, my favorite part about the experience is stepping back at openings and kind of listening to what people have to say, because most of the time people don't expect a man to be creating what I'm creating. Um, and that's just like, that's the feedback that I get. Um, but just, you know, being able to step back and there's sometimes where I hear, there's a lot of times where I hear people, oh, it's, oh, I can do that. You know, people kind of dismiss it like it's super simple and I, and I keep them simple for that reason. You know, I believe that there's, there's a lot of complexity and simplicity and, um, you know, I, I, for me, it's always about going that extra mile. Like I said, I'm driven towards greatness and that just transcends across everything I do. So yeah, I could do a simple collage, but 
I mean, like they say, that anybody can do a collage, which I don't, I don't believe because even collages take a creative vision. It takes an eye. But for me, it's just about going that extra step. Okay, let's let's uh, let's take this to the next level. And ironically, it's it's been so vital to the growth that has occurred within my career and even within my art because it's not just art. You know, when you see it digitally online, you lose you lose all depth. You lose all of the elements that when you see it in person, it's a, it, it becomes an experience. It's absolutely an experience because one, you think it's collage, and it's not, and that's just you know people people see people see the label that says it's an acrylic painting. People, I'll tell people it's a painting, and they're still convinced that it's a collage. And to tie into that, even you know, to take it even a step further, if you see my work in person, each section has slight depth and definition because of the layers of paint. So it literally looks, when you're looking at it, it literally looks like it's been collaged, like, because every section has its own definition within the overall painting. So you're absolutely convinced. You know, people, I've had people argue me down, like, no, man, this is a, this is a collage. This is a mix. I'm like, no, it's a painting. Oh, you mean you painted on something and then you glued it on? No, this is a, this is absolutely a painting, just like, you know, this painting over here that you obviously know is a painting. So, um, you know, it's funny, it's, it's been a part of the process, it's been, you know, it's definitely served as a double-edged sword, because for me, I put all these hours of TLC into my pieces, you know, like, the average piece takes at least two weeks to create, so it's like, you want that acknowledgement, you want that credit, and earlier in my career, it was, you know, it was a little tough, where you're, you're out there, and people just assume it's a, a collage and dismiss it. And then they come back and see a big crowd in front of your work. It's like, oh my god, oh, you know. Now they flip out. So um, I had to, I had to really learn to embrace that as part of my journey. And now it just, it, you know, it rolls off my shoulders, so to speak. And uh, yeah, it's just about creating amazing work, you know, to be shared. Yeah, definitely. Your work centers around women, duality, beauty, and self-preservation, as you said before, which we think is incredible. While young girls are bombarded by unrealistically perfect images to aspire towards, how does your work seek to call these arbitrary centers of beauty into question? Say the, say the last part of that. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, while young girls are bombarded by unrealistically perfect images to aspire towards, how does your work seek to call these arbitrary centers of beauty into question? Um, I mean... You know, it's 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 very real to it's very authentic to the times we live in. You know, my work is absolutely authentic to that, and even the fact of the element that it's coming from fashion magazines, beauty magazines, just the nature of, of what's going on, and it's something that I really relate to. I grew up overweight. I was I I was I've lost naturally over 140 pounds. Since 2005, so I just have a I have a unique experience in life where I've seen uh, you know how, how you're treated when people don't consider you beautiful in the world, and uh, you know I I've also experienced the life I experience now where I'm in shape, I'm healthy, I'm, you know I'm pretty handsome if I say so myself, and 
you know, it just, there was something to be said. Like I said, there, you know, I'm not one of these people that sees these things going on in the world and just kind of sits back silent. So I wanted to, to make sure that I was able to express what I've been feeling a good majority of my life. And, you know, I just felt I could relate with what, what women experience on so many levels. Obviously, I'll never be a woman and never truly understand, but I feel like I can empathize tremendously. Um, you know, so I just felt like it was important to kind of kind of hold up a mirror to the world, so to speak. You know, I think art is always uh, true to the times that it's that it's in, and you know, like that's definitely what my work embodies. Literally, what we're experiencing, what we're seeing, the the increase in cosmetic enhancements, um, which is incredible, especially if you live in certain cities within this country. Um, you know, I moved. I live in LA, which is huge for for you know beauty and, and cosmetic enhancements and just the the outer appearance and the look. All of those things are extremely important. Lifestyle. Uh, I moved here from Miami, which gave me my first introduction to that huge lifestyle. And even in open years, like the travels to, I was in, been in Korea a lot the past few years. I didn't. I thought my, I thought LA was, was insane. Korea is a whole different level, literally a whole different level, where uh, you know every corner has a you know like a plastic surgery office, and it's just. You know, for me, it's just, it's sad because I, I appreciate, I just always had, had this high appreciation for women and to understand partially, you know, what women have to encounter and go through and in turn, you know, just to, just to maintain and, and preserve themselves and just to be, just to, you know, feel okay in this society. It's, it's you know, I, it's just unfathomable. It's, it's. I, you know, it just had to be shared. You know, it had to be, it had to come out through my creative process. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. You've also stated that your primary goal in producing your artistic pieces is to ignite discussion and question the value we as a society place on the superficial. Do you think there are any steps we can take to reshape our perception of beauty and the expectation of perfection? steps we can take yeah but it but you know i think um you know change is always possible there has to be a lot of change and i think the issue is like there are so many things working against that change that are embedded within our society you know from magazines to billboards to you know there's literally a whole industry that's that's built around perfection and image and there's nothing that's going to change that period i think it's probably going to get worse i think we're going to hit a point where we literally have you know i mean you see that for the the news about just just clones and things of that has to be taken a lot for you know what i mean one is i want to look like this person and you know, voila, like there's an exact clone. So, I mean, 
there's, there's, um, is there something we can do? I, that's, a, that's a great question. I'm almost stumped because I, you know, I'm a realist. I don't, uh, a lot of times I don't have a lot of faith in us as humans. And, uh, is there, yes, but will it happen? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. <laughs> And it's just, you know, that's the, that's human nature. You know, it's just human nature, the things that we live with. You know, it's a playoff of insecurity. It's a playoff of so many different things that will never go. You know, insecurities aren't insecure. People loving themselves, that's, you know, why would that change? It's only going to, as we continue to grow technologically, advance as people, things, the, the issues that we deal with now are only going to get worse, my perception. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about your work in the K-pop industry, working with groups such as EXO, Shiny, Red Velvet, Taemin, and NCT 127, as well as the experience of entering an atmosphere that's so vastly different from the American music scene? Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. I don't know if there's a specific aspect that you wanted to know about, but it's, I mean, it's just been amazing. I mean, I've always had a high, highest respect for Asian culture in general, so many different forms, uh, art, music, food, you know, people, and, you know, so being there, one, actually being in Asia, it was just really amazing because of all the, all the love that we received, and, you know, aside from that, just, just being immersed in that culture, you know, waking up every single day and being able to, to you don't know, you know, there was, I remember there was a moment where I was sitting in this tea shop and I was sitting on the floor, Indian style, having tea, and it was just, it just kind of hit me like, yo, I'm in Asia. And, you know, it's very apparent because everybody there is, you know, for the most part, Asian. And um, it's just, it's an amazing experience. I love their appreciation for. Uh, greatness as well in the simplest state. Like they're extremely disciplined as far as I don't I don't say that in a in a generalizing fashion. I say it in the people that we encounter, uh, the artists that you asked about. You know, like they're very specific about how the music needs to sound, about taking things to the next level, about doing everything musically that my team as musicians we would love to do, but here in the U.S. It's a much more precise factory sort of cookie cutter model. And on the flip side, there in Asia, they, they want to push the boundaries. They want to push the boundaries as far as they'll go. They want you to get completely outside of the box. And it just transcends across everything that's done. You know, if you look at the way technology is handled, if you look at enter- entertainment is handled, it's just, you know, it just, it gave me so much more of a respect for, uh, you know, for the culture and, and just, you know, the things that we're able to be a part of. Just being firsthand, being able to work with, you know, EXO is one of the top pop acts in the world, you know, not just K-pop, not just Asia, in the world, having a, you know, having a role in their success was incredible. And, um, you know, knowing that we were just being ourselves, just completely being ourselves. And that's what I, I think the, the, the bigger takeaway was that here in the U.S., I feel like we, we try to try to confine people and, and 
get them, keep them in a certain kind of a box, if you will. You know, you're, you're pushed towards security, you're pushed towards doing everything but being your authentic self. And I just, I felt like it was the complete opposite there. Because everything literally that we have to do here, it's like, no, that's that's too much. You're shining too 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 brightly. Really, than some, simplify it. You know, because it's for this market that simplicity is what it's all about. It's all about simplicity in a general sense across the board. Something simple, something catchy. Whereas it was a complete opposite. You know, they want that intellectual aspect in everything, in the music, in the movies. You know, the food, you name it. So I just, I have the utmost respect uh, for, you know, Asian culture, the experience as a whole. And I'm very, very much looking forward to going back. And, uh, you know, we're working on a few projects as well right now. So it's very, very exciting. Something that I didn't see coming and has really been a huge highlight of the past few years. Yeah, definitely. You've also stated that your primary goal in producing your artistic pieces is um, to ignite discussion and question. So artists in K-pop often feel the need to conform to certain beauty standards and undergo cosmetic enhancements in order to succeed. What are your thoughts on the Asian entertainment scene's emphasis on outward physical appearance, and how do you think their visual art addresses some of these problems? Oh man, I was, I was honestly so hurt. <laughs> by some of those things that I saw. And I knew, I actually, you know, spoke to a few different artists, female artists, that it's, it, like I said, I felt LA was bad. I felt like, our, you know, our scene here, as it pertains to beauty, was bad. But it's so much worse there because they're doing everything that they can to look like us as Westerners. And, um, you know, for me, just think anybody, like everybody has the right to do what they want.
Yeah, so how do you think your visual art addresses some of these problems? Um, I mean, it brings it to the forefront. I, you know, I, I tie into that, and, and I literally create my pieces as you would, uh, you know, like 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 a cosmetic surgeon would, if you will. You know, juxtaposing these perfect features uh, into these abstract portraits, and you know, as you as you see, like it, it's just. I think it plays into the fragmentation within all of us. You know, it's something that I connect with. And it's, you know, my, my work, the focus is on women. But that's something that we all can relate. You know, men, they deal with insecurities as well. I don't know if they're necessarily the same type of beauty aesthetics. But, you know, insecurities are insecurities. I definitely dealt with them, you know, appearance-wise. Um, you know, so it's just putting, like I said, it's holding a mirror up to what's going on. We have all these, uh, these puzzles walking around, so to speak. You know, it's, it's, you're, you're taking something that is unique and authentic and turning it into a carbon copy. Cutouts, if you will. Cutouts from this person, that person, something that's not you whatsoever. And we're creating the new, the new norm. Um, so that's you know, that's how it is. Yeah, definitely. How has your ethnic identity and culture impacted your artwork and music? Has your work been influenced by your identity as a person of color? Um, I mean, being a black man in America impacts everything I do. It impacts everything I, I experience, and I grew up in the South as well, and, you know, I'm definitely not naive to that. I'm, thankfully, I, I grew up in diversity, and I'm used to always being kind of the one of, of, a, of a couple, of a handful of Blacks in, in certain rooms or situations, so I've always known how to acclimate myself to just different situations. I've always had friends with all walks of life. So, you know, my work speaks to that diversity, definitely speaks to that diversity um, and the importance of diversity for me. It's not just about one set experience. You know, we're all people at the end of the day that all go through the same or similar things. And, um, you know, I, I, I definitely, some, you know, some pieces more than others, I, you know, the voice will shine a little bit louder, but all of my work is definitely consistent uh, and, you know, embodies who I am as a person of color in this country. You know, we deal with a lot of adversity, we deal with a lot of, a lot of different things that, you know, you just have to overcome and keep working and keep grinding. And, and it just, it, you know, it definitely shows through the work. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, great. You're also deeply involved in the artistic sphere, especially commercially, with Adidas, Vans, Tupac's Estate, and more. So how did you feel the first time you saw your artwork in a setting of mass conception or major public viewing? And why are these partnerships so meaningful to you? every time somebody presents an opportunity to share my gift and you know that's what it really boils down to people partnering up with people that believe in like 
brand, what I bring to the table as an artist. And, you know, in essence, they're just providing platforms to bring more eyes to my gifts. You know, I believe we're all given certain gifts in life, and it's our job to share them, whatever those gifts may be. So I've been given this gift of, of creativity, and, you know, for me, I'd be doing a disservice if I kept it in my room, on my walls. I think big. I'm driven towards greatness. So I think it's very important that I get as many eyes on my work and partner up with as many brands that provide more value. You know, I just, I work on biz- in business, so I just understand the power of partnerships. Um, branding and it's even more important now where as an independent creator this is the best time to be alive like literally we're in a new renaissance so it's you know it's like this is the best time and brand partnerships is where it's at like as an independent creator it's all about being able to do what you love and survive and keep playing so you know a lot of these partnerships are my business mind working like okay how can i bring more value to my brand and you know, basically keep food on my on my table so I can continue to do absolutely what I love. You know, because it's either do that for myself or go work for somebody else doing that same exact thing. And I just I I've done that. I'm I'm so overwhelmed for somebody else. I could I I could probably never work for somebody else unless I had to. Um, and thank God I haven't had to. So you know, those partnerships are important. stay engaged with your work um vaccineart.com my main website i'm definitely very active on social media at vaccine everywhere v-a-k-s-e-n um so i mean that's that you know instagram twitter facebook and i'm you know i'm very on top of that, that that kind of stuff the digital space is everything you'd like us to know? Um, I mean, I feel like we covered everything. I just, I really appreciate the opportunity getting to speak with you guys. You know, you guys are providing a platform for even just one person to, you know, 
I could be a million people to be one person that, that are introduced to my work, and that's what it's all about. You know, I'm in this whole of longevity. So it's just about meeting amazing people that we have similar interests, similar loves for, you know, great art, great music, great food, whatever, whatever that may be. So I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. The feature, the magazine feature. Thank you guys so much for the love and the support. No, of course. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. It was an honor. Oh, my pleasure. Honor's all mine. Thanks for listening. Next time, we'll talk to Dr. Allison Hobbs, Director of African and African American Studies at Stanford University and a leading voice in the National Dialogue about race. Tune in in two weeks. Thank you.